Baptist Church, Anala, Brisbane. My pleasure to be here this morning. Uh, we love Hope Church, and so it's a, it's a great honor to be here and uh, be a part of the conference as well. Uh, I'm just going to get my timer started. Monitor my own time. Craig, get that going. Um, nine minutes. <laughs> great to be starting off and, and hearing the glorious gospel uh, from Craig this morning. Amen. My talk is on standpoint epistemology versus revelational epistemology. Will you turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8? Colossians 2, verses 6 to 8. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. Verse 8, Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Christians of every age have always had the challenge of the authority of Scripture versus the cultural ideas of the day. Christians can be tempted to look further than Christ and take on human thinking, take on philosophy, take on empty deceit according to human tradition. And Christians, if not careful, can end up listening to the loud voices of the day and then start to rethink God's word in light of the cultural ideas. This isn't something new for us today, although it's so relevant for us, this has always been going on. If we were to consider the Enlightenment period, there is Christians having to try and rethink or, or being pressured to rethink uh, God's word during the Enlightenment period. Postmodern thinking offers more challenges to Christians, and the temptation is there to be captive to deceit. Whenever there is a new time, there is a new set of ideas to be captive to, if we are not careful. Ultimately, these things always put pressure on the church. They put pressure on the church to ask the question Did God really say that? This is as old as Genesis and Satan in the garden asking, did God really say that? Christians of every age will be tempted to rethink, rethink God's word and try to make it more palatable, try to soften things, make it more acceptable in the light of where the culture is at today. And Christians of every age, therefore, need to stand firm and they need to be taught and equipped to stand firm with the words of our living God. His words don't change, unlike the culture and the times. They are all we need in every age for godliness, for discipleship. His words are everything that we need for maturing as Christians and continuing and fulfilling God's purposes here on the face of the earth. Yet many, either knowingly or unknowingly, get enticed by secularism and enticed by human thinking. One particular challenge of our day that needs to be identified and then rejected is standpoint epistemology. Epistemology, what is that? It is, the, it is a subsection of philosophy of how we know what we know. It's the study of knowledge and it is foundational to the way we view the world and to the conclusions that we then go on to make about the world. There are various standpoint epistemologies and people arrive at truth and knowledge and acquire it differently depending upon their epistemology. 
depending on one's way of acquiring knowledge, leads them to different conclusions about our world, our society, about humanity. Standpoint epistemology refers to how we know things based on our social categories in life. It has been described as the violent collision between epistemology and what is known as intersectionality. It basically says that if we want to have a better opportunity to find places of agreement as human beings, we will have to welcome in other people's perspectives, other people's epistemologies before we can arrive at truth and at knowledge and have certainty. Ultimately, standpoint epistemology says things like there are feminine ways of knowing things or there are masculine ways of knowing things. There are straight ways of knowing things. There are queer ways of knowing things. There are white ways of knowing things and there are black ways of knowing things is what standpoint says. And it says that all these lived experiences need to be understood and embraced. We have to hear all of these things and embrace them to be able to arrive at truth. Where do these ideas stem from? They've been going on for some time. One key person is a sociologist named Dorothy E. Smith, well known for her work in the area of developing standpoint theory. Her work began in the 60s, was focused on feminist studies. She continued to center her discipline on the experiences of women and other marginalized groups. She wrote a highly influential book in the 80s called The Everyday World is Problematic, a Feminist Sociology. And her teaching of standpoint theory was a, was a framework for challenging what she called the unjust systems of power. Another popular name and influential person is, in this field is Kimberly Crenshaw, American civil rights advocate professor. And her work has been towards what is known as what I've already mentioned, intersectionality. And this stuff is in the universities everywhere today. Standpoint theory ultimately underpins intersectionality, or intersectionality is developed upon the ideas of standpoint theory. It builds upon these ideas and ultimately says, your opinion, your view holds weight depending on how many marginalized or oppressed groups you belong to. So how does that play out? Well, if you are a white male, your opinion, your worldview, your view holds very little weight because you are seen as the oppressor. But if you are a non-white, your opinion is instantly more valuable. But it builds on this. If you are a non-white female, you have even more weight. But if you are a non-white female lesbian, your opinion is even more valuable because you belong to multiple oppressed groups. And putting our energy and our focus in this direction, this is how then they say we are going to discover truth and knowledge and a way forward for improving our world and seeking justice. Regarding this need for elevating oppressed groups, you will notice though this only goes in one direction. The sought after knowledge is only from one of the approved groups. A group that has been labeled a victim group or an oppressed group. White lived experience is not welcome at this table. Straight lived experience is not as welcome at this table when you look closely. And instead of seeking to get rid of racism or uh, uh, these ideas of, of injustice, it, it becomes racist itself. 
standpoint, epistemology perpetuates the problems and actually keeps people believing that they are oppressed. It targets a common enemy, the man. We can stick it to the man. This is the, the white male, the oppressor, and he must be brought down. It is actually another way of labeling or framing everyone who is not in an approved group as an oppressor. And additionally, it frames everyone who is in an approved group as someone who has a particular keen insight into what is true. And we are going to need to learn from those truths that they have. In order to get their voice heard, they need to be elevated. And this even creeps into the church because then people start to interpret God's word through these worldviews. And this idea is false and it needs to be rejected. Because when it comes to truth, truth is that which is consistent with the reality that we live in. Truth is that that is compatible with our reality. Sure, there is different lived experiences. But regarding truth, it is not as though there is a black truth and then a white truth. It's not as though that there is a straight truth and a queer truth. There is only true and false. There is only truth and falsehood. If something is true, it is true for all of us, regardless of our social category. And if something is false, it is false for all of us, regardless of our social category. To give an example of, of standpoint epistemology, uh, it's described in its most aggressive form that, that it would even look at something like science as being so masculine that it has left out the feminine standpoint of knowledge and therefore science is declared oppressive because it's been too masculine. And this is all just deconstructionist, critical theory nonsense. Why should it be refuted? Why should we know about it as the church? Epistemology, what it does, this standpoint epistemology, is it actually creates new categories of people that are not found in the Bible, not found in God's Word. It therefore becomes a dangerous diversion away from biblical truth about humanity. Genesis 1:27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. All humans share the common ancestor, and all humans are made in the image or the likeness of the living God. Humans have different experiences, yes, but that which is true about life, that which is true about death, that which is true about human worth and human purpose is true for everybody. And what is true is that all humans have sinned against a holy and a righteous God. All human beings deserve punishment for their sin. And the only hope for all of humanity is Jesus Christ who became sin in our place. Standpoint epistemology diverts away from this truth and it turns people into oppressed victims rather than sinners who themselves have rebelled against God. Have people been oppressed by the sins of others? Of course they have. But the oppressed person who has suffered from someone else's sin won't find healing having their story elevated as a source of truth for all. Having other people walk in your shoes won't heal you. Having everyone have to recognize your hurt 
and hear about your hurt won't heal you. You will end up becoming a a victim who perpetuates victimhood, living in a cycle of going around and around with the same stories of what happened in the past. And so therefore, every single person must come face to face with the true reality that they have sinned against God, regardless of their gender, regardless of their, uh, their race, their skin color, all have sinned against God. The issues we face are not a result of treating other beings, other human beings, as those who were created in the image of God. That's the heart of the issue. When we treat others not as one created in God's likeness. Standpoint theory diverts away from that reality that all people need the gospel that we so beautifully heard this morning. Instead, a false theory is given. And this false theory actually elevates the fallen sinner to the teller of truth rather than God's word. We begin to hear from fallen sinners about the way forward for humanity, to hear worldviews from fallen sinners rather than hearing from God truth about that which is relevant to all of us. So standpoint theory, CRT, critical race theory, diverts away from these biggest issues, the biggest issue that all of us have, our sin against God. But when a person's sin is atoned for, when they believe upon the death and the resurrection of Christ and receive forgiveness, that is where they truly find healing and restoration. Amen? Standpoint theory diverts away from the answers of humanity being found in the gospel for every tribe, every tongue, to all be one in Christ. The reality is how we know something to be true is the same for all of us. And if you let critical race theory, standpoint epistemology into your church, you are elevating worldviews that have fallen over God's authoritative word. You are looking to collective, lived-out experiences of fallen sinners rather than the almighty, powerful God of creation. Yes, we think in different ways. We have different experiences, that, but that does not make our thinking right. Just because we've had different experiences does not make the way that we think right. What the Bible does, what, when, what, it hap- what happens when fallen sinners come to the Word of God, the Bible corrects our thinking no matter of our experiences or background. That's what it means to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If we think right, we think right no matter what color we are. If we think wrong, we think wrong whatever gender we are. And standpoint theory or, or epistemology is having an impact upon the church today. And if it creeps into this church, into, into, sorry, into, into churches, which it has done, it becomes a way of then reinterpreting God's word. God's word, which we know is inerrant and unchanging. By taking on these secularist ideas, you will now see it and hear it in churches you will see it by the bloggers and those who write about culture. You will, you will see it in the Bible colleges and the organizations and the movements. You'll hear it from pulpits and you'll hear it in the local church. When the church embraces standpoint epistemology and social gospel movements, the church weakens. The church steps away from biblical authority and embraces cultural ideas and trends. 
which takes us to our text of today. They become captive by philosophy and empty deceit. That which is according to human tradition. The way that churches can be tempted to take these things on or are taking these things on. Um, I'll give you some examples. We know that a proper reading and understanding of God's word teaches that men are to step up and take on the role of pastor and preacher in the household of God. But standpoint epistemology says that we are going to need to have women preach on passages because they will have a particular insight that a man won't have. So Christians will find that angle or or way around the clear teaching of the text in order to catch up with where the world is at. Female exegetes and preachers are then sought after. They are considered valuable because in critical race theory, this teaches that they can see uniquely from the standpoint of a woman. We need a woman to preach on this subject because she will see it in a different way with her insights. As if to say that God withholds knowledge and truth and only gives some of his truth to women and some of his truth to men and some of his truth to a minority group and some to another. To say that the Bible can't be understood and picked up with our reason and the work of the Holy Spirit rather than God's truth being made known for all peoples at all times. It is treated as though one must take on these standpoints to gain true knowledge about what the text actually says. Another way that we can see this coming into churches is people are are pressured or feel the pressure to lay aside commentaries and, and writings of authors in the past simply because they were white males. And so rather than looking to the great resources that the church has, people start saying things like, I have to get non-white authors to be able to understand the truth of God's word. If an author is solid and teaches the word, it doesn't matter what social group one originates from. What's the false thinking here is that laying aside seeking the best resources, instead seeking for diversity, it's just seeking diversity for the sake of diversity to be right on, to be seen doing the right thing in the eyes of the culture, in the eyes of the world. False idea is that truth and knowledge will be able to be found if I can have less white authors. The lived experience of the oppressed group in these situations is elevated in the church because they have the unique experience rather than teaching what the Bible clearly teaches to all people says that one must lay aside that and hear the stories of victims to be able to arrive at truth. Or one must reinterpret the text through the lens of a lived experience to be able to properly arrive at the Word of God and understand it. We also see situations and hear of situations in the church where someone who is less qualified for a job, a, a pastoral role, for instance, is given that role not because they are the most qualified for the job, but simply because they belong to one of the oppressed groups. Rather than calling all humans as sinners needing repentance through Christ, the church becomes a social gospel movement, captive to secularist ideas. Salvation, not in forgiveness of sin, as we preach and proclaim that Salvation comes through the forgiveness of sin through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, but salvation in these settings becomes through belonging to an oppressed group and being heard. Another example will be the churches considering whether or not they should start their 
services each week with an acknowledgement of country or a welcome to country, even though those practices are derived from pagan beliefs, even though many people don't know that. Another example, um, sorry, all of this that we look upon, we must understand is bending to the culture of the day. Buckling under the pressure of the woke Marxist movements, the ideas of critical race theory. It's Christians getting into bed with secularism and renaming it loving your neighbor, telling everyone that it's Christ-like to take on these views. All of these issues of, of race won't go away. It improves no one's situation in life. And actually, all of it points to being an attack upon God's good plan for sinners to be restored to the living God through Jesus Christ. So what should we do instead? What should we do instead? We're aware of it. We need to be aware of it. We need to reject it. So ground your understanding of of humanity, ground your understanding of race, of culture, of oppression, of identity in the words of the living God, not in the culture, not in somebody's lived out experiences. This is not the place for arriving at truth. It's from God's word. His word is truth. That doesn't mean that in the life of the church and in discipleship day to day that there's not people working through the issues that they've had in their past or, or being victims of other people's sin. Of course, that takes place in the life of the church, being lived out and bringing healing through the gospel and the, the love and care of the, of the church community. But not that we would put truth aside, that we would put scripture aside and elevate these things. You will find all the truth that you need all the knowledge you need for understanding God and humanity, sin and redemption, healing and forgiveness in the clear teaching of God's word. So today we can ask, where are you getting your truth from? From your personal experiences? Do you believe things about God, about life, about sin, about death? Do you believe them through your lived experiences or do you believe them because God says so in his word? The question is extremely important. If you get truth from lived experience rather than the Bible, you are giving lived experience authority over the Bible. And you are giving a new lens in which to interpret Scripture. What a mess. God's Word doesn't need each person's lived experience placed over the top of it. Interpretation comes through our faithful study, our reason and the work of the Holy Spirit in us, in those who are born again of Christ. And no matter what race, gender, uh, background you come from, whether you have been an oppressed person or whether you have been in a position that has been far more blessed, all people will be able to arrive at the same truths and knowledge about God and humanity through God's word. So rather than embracing the ideas of the day, embrace what is known as revelational epistemology. Revelational epistemology is about the revelation of who God is. Finding knowledge through what God himself has revealed to us. Knowledge of God as revealed by God. Compare that for a moment, will you? Are you looking for knowledge about God and life through the lived experiences of fallen sinners? Or are you looking to knowledge about life and all that pertains to it through the words of your living God? We need a shift if we are not in that place. Hopefully that answer is obvious lived experience of fallen humans to obtain knowledge or the one who makes knowledge possible in the first place.
Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Knowledge and wisdom originate with God. We have knowledge because God makes knowledge possible. He is the author of all life and therefore the author of knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of us having that knowledge. God has not just created a universe. He has revealed himself to us through this universe. He has given revelation of himself. And we can know things in this life with certainty. The, the, the current trend is to say that you can't know things with certainty. You can know things with certainty because your God has made truth possible to us. Tangible, being able to be taken a hold of and know with certainty truth and falsehood. His revelation of himself as found in his word informs us that he has created the universe. God has created time and space. God has created all of the facts that we discover in science. God has created the human mind, and in the human mind, he has laid the laws of thought. So revelational epistemology rather than standpoint epistemology is what we need. This is God's revelation of knowledge and truth that come to us, firstly through creation. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them. It is plain to them because God has shown it to them. His invisible attributes, namely his eternal power. His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. God has revealed himself through what he has created. Secondly, God has given knowledge to us, revelation to us through his living word. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Friend, you have what you need. He has revealed himself through his word. And number three, revelation comes to us in the wonderful, glorious person of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, 1 to 3, Paul writes to the church and he says, I want you to know the struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have seen me face to face. Uh, sorry, who have not seen me face to face. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ, the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Are you looking for wisdom and knowledge? They are found in Christ. What a beautiful verse for you to take hold of today, to highlight in your Bible and look, when I need to know, I look to the person of Christ he is the giver of truth. He is truth. He is the standard for truth. There is no higher standard of truth for us than the person of Jesus Christ. Knowledge is found in him, our creator. And so here's the big difference. We are looking to knowledge of our creator, not knowledge from the creature. Knowledge from the creator, not knowledge from the creature. So what should we do as, as Christians with these ideas, continuing to infiltrate the, the, uh, not just culture, but also the church, back to where I first started? 
Christians of every age attempted, bullied or swayed to take on cultural ideas of the day. Many relook at God's word through the lens of the popular ideas of the day. Don't do that. His truths are universal for all people. God tells us what is true. The message of scripture is not difficult to the person who is born again of God. It is consistent in dealing with all people at all times in all places. It makes wise the simple. And Jesus prayed for his people saying, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. Your lived experience is not truth. His word is truth. So with all that's going on, I'll just simply say, don't take it on. Ignore it. And instead, live biblically. Amen? Know God's truth. Teach it to others. As you receive Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. The gospel offers the message of salvation to all, that we might be one in Christ. Seek him today for knowledge and understanding. Seek his word, which will make you wise for salvation. Thank you.